into a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere good evening everyone my name's david griffiths and it's my pleasure to welcome you into a chilly melbourne cool room uh we have a very special night tonight as we welcome nat from kaiju uh it's a night that i've been looking forward to for a long time and we've got some fantastic beers uh, a fantastic turn up of people live with us in the zoom room some fantastic people who i'm sure will have been downloading this on uh all of your favorite podcast platforms once it's ready to go a lot of fantastic people who've already bought the tasting slabs and if you haven't bought a tasting slab for one of our thursday night meet the brewers uh go and do so i think our shopify site is now up and running which hopefully makes orders easier and uh if you're for some reason just encountering this kaiju podcast for the first time and you haven't yet got a tasting slab there's probably still a couple up for grabs on that site so feel free to pause right now or actually listen to me for 30 seconds longer uh go to the website buy the beer and then come back and listen to this podcast in conjunction with the beers that we're going to be talking about um a few housekeeping things for people both in the room and listening on the podcast uh the beers we're going to be talking about tonight are the paradise the metamorphosis the cthulhu the aftermath and the mortal wombat uh, the beer that is missing from that lineup that you would have got in your tasting packs is the Kaiju Crush. And if you want to learn more about that one, you can go back into the podcast archives for the last time that Nat was on the program, where we talked about the Kaiju Crush and in particular its impact on the brewery and how he was having to organise the tanks and so forth. Uh, there's a whole lot of discussion about that one in, in episode about 30, I think. So go back and check that one out. Um, as we go through the beers tonight, we're going to be dealing with some very big beers and, uh, in terms of alcohol. We don't expect or recommend that you drink all of the beers in front of you in the time that we'll be talking about them. So if you're watching live, feel free just to make yourself a little tasting paddle and drink responsibly. Or if you're listening on the podcast, you can always pause after each of the beers, uh, pause the podcast that is, drink the beer at your leisure, and then uh, come back and enjoy the next beer as we start to talk about it. We'll make it pretty clear to people as we move from beer to beer so that you won't sort of fall out of the track of things as we move along. Um, a very big thanks to everyone who's, uh, who's been joining us on Facebook and Instagram. That's the main way that we communicate with people. If you haven't already checked out the Cool Room podcast on both of those, uh, both of those ways of communicating, we'd encourage you to do so. And that way you won't miss out on new episodes and new tasting packs when they're ready to roll out. It'll also give you the opportunity to go back and, and see some of the previous ones that we've done. And if you haven't delved into our archives, Recently, we've been really, really lucky with the kinds of guests we've been having on. We've had uh, La Serene, we've had uh, Nomad from New South Wales, Owl Farm from Denmark, uh, as we were talking about in the room just before we kicked off, Sierra Nevada, uh, live from California, Batch, Deep Creek from New Zealand last week. Uh, it's been a fantastic lineup of, of breweries. And um, for anyone who hasn't joined us live in the Zoom room before, then you missed out on the kind of conversations that we have as the uh, as the evening moves on, just like Deep Creek last week, but we're not going to go into all those details. You won't get that on the podcast version. You could only get that if you are live in the Zoom room with us. 
And, um, and if you're following us on social media, you'll get to find out about some of the ones that we have coming up in the future. So we've just landed a lot of beer from Torboy and Moose uh, for our podcast next week with them. The week after that, the guys from Golden Hills. And then I'm not sure if I'm actually allowed to discuss it yet or not, but uh, stuff it, I'm going to. The week after that, we'll be teaming up with Deeds, which will be about their second birthday and about our second birthday. And um, that should be a really big, fun podcast as well. Um, I'm going to introduce my co-host now, Warren Wu, who's looking like an, he's just come from a night from, of the opera. And um, even more excitingly, uh, Travis Bristow has made it into the room tonight, which is amazing because Travis, you're a brand new father. So on behalf of the entire room, congratulations, brother. Thank you very much, David. Uh, yes, as of this morning, uh, for those people in the Zoom room, uh, those people listening afterwards, it'll be another day, a different day. Uh, I'm running on uh, very little sleep, as you can imagine. So uh, bear with me if I stumble across certain pieces of, uh, of the podcast. We will. Like this bit where you can just kick off and get things going and introduce Nat for us. Figured I needed to, uh, <laughs> needed to have a drink first. Uh, welcome, Nat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. We are going to kick off tonight. Hopefully everyone has opened up their, their can of paradise. Um, if you haven't, please do so now. Um, we are going to start talking about this because this is a tasty, tasty beer. Now, Nat, last week I said on the Deep Creek podcast that we very rarely do we get uh, Pilsners as part of our tasting pack, so we don't get to talk to talk about them that much um, on the podcast. So we're in a unique position because now we've got it, uh, a Pilsner for the second week in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, amazing. Um, so in saying that, why don't we start with an outline of uh, what made you guys decide to do a Pilsner and... Um, why do you want to talk about it tonight? Um, so I was, lager beer was never something that I actually wanted to brew um, at home. Uh, I never really experienced good lager until maybe 10 years ago. Um, and and yeah, when it, when it comes to lager, um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Hellas, Hellas lager, um, like, you know, those to me, they're just really boring, um, but I I do I do enjoy a pilsner, um, and particularly um, so when when we were on our honey, my wife and I were on our honeymoon. Um, we went to Germany, which is where she's from, um, and we had uh, she's from a near a town called Flensburg, and they do a very very bitter um, pilsner, probably one of the most bitter pilsners in in Germany. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and then after like maybe a few weeks later, it was that we, we actually ended up in Prague. And so we went to Pilsen and went to Pilsner Urquell and, um, we went on the, the tour and on the tour, you go down into the, the cellars where they used to do the fermentation and they still do some fermentation down there. So they, they still ferment it in big, you know, wooden fermenters, um, and then they condition it in uh, basically, yeah, massive um, barrels. Um, and so the beer that you're drinking there is unfiltered and unpasteurized. And it was just 
it, it blew my mind when I had it. It was just so full of flavor. Um, it was, it, I, I, I don't know, it was really, really hoppy. It was the, it was really nice and smooth. It didn't have that pasteurized flavor. Um, <laughs> um, and, and when we got back, I was like, I really, I, I really want to make a beer like that. And I, I thought I can, I can actually make a beer like that. Like I, we didn't have the, we, we don't really have the um, ability to um, make crystal clear beers at Kaiju um, because we don't have that kind of filtration set up. And I don't really care for, you know, filtering beer to within its life anyway, inch of its life. Um, so yeah, I came home and started thinking about how I could do that, but I didn't really want to just make it like, like Pilsner Urquell. I didn't want to make it too just traditional Pilsner. I wanted to make it Kaiju-esque. So um, I kind of ran with the idea of, of you know, trying to find some, some recipes on, on Pilsners and um, then changing the hop profile on it and definitely going for a lot more dry hopping. Um, but this beer is mostly American hops um, and some, um, and one, one German hop in it. Um, but I've, it's kind of made in the New Zealand, the New Zealand style Pilsner style in that it's very, very hop forward. Um, and so I guess I, I thought this would be a good beer for this because it's it's just not something that we you know the people aren't used to lagers from us um and i really really enjoy this beer i find myself reaching for it um more often than pretty much anything else of ours i guess <laughs> so in saying that giving you reach for it i'm guessing it uh, certainly met your expectations um how did it perform in the market even against other pilsners, on yeah, that. not not great. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the yeah, that I wasn't guess, the answer um, we were expecting when we wrote the question. By the way, <laughs> no, and that was why I didn't say change this question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't it didn't perform particularly well. Um, it was it's a little bit annoying because it takes up tanks for a very long time. Um, it's a six week turnaround on this beer as compared to Crush, which is you know three weeks. Um, it, yeah, we originally it was in the six pack format, but now we've changed it to a four pack format and it, it sells a bit better now. Um, but I think that just pills is kind of a dirty word. Um, and has been for the last however many years. Um, I mean, if you think about someone like Bolter, you know, they had their, they had their Pilsner, which wasn't very successful for them. And then now they have, they have, they don't have Pilsner anymore. They have a beer called Lager, which I, I don't know whether it's the same beer, but um, their Lager sells infinitely better mm. than their, their Pilsner did. Um, yeah. Pilsner's it's just not really, uh, I don't think people understand what Pilsner is um, mm. to start with, but it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very hoppy lager. And I think a lot of people are looking for when they're going for a lager, they're probably not looking for that kind of hop, um, that big hop profile. If, they, if they're going for something like that around that, you know, four, four and a half to five and a half percent, then they're probably going to go a pale ale. But, you know, that's just, uh, I don't have no idea whether that's what's going on or not. <laughs> 
Yeah, that feels pretty right, I've got to say, from yeah. the perspective of someone who stands behind the bar. Um, mm. People either want a lager thinking it's going to be essentially tasteless, and I mean that in a nice way, but, you know, just really no hops and just, you know, totally mm-hmm. smashable in the, in the middle of a summer day. Um, or they're well, looking like for a pale ale because that, they know that's the kind of beer that delivers hops to them. They don't necessarily know that there's that middle option in there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just a massive fan of, of really hoppy pilsners. Um, <coughs> we, went, we went to a brewery <laughs> last year um, called Schönraum, which is right down in the bottom um, bottom corner of Germany in Bavaria, right, right near... Um, Salzburg, so just near the Austrian border, and I'd, I'd been recommended by someone that I go there, and the, the pilsner there is just phenomenal. It just, I was, <laughs> I'm just in love with it. I just want to go back there so badly. <laughs> now, I, I do have to pick up on one bit from the the previous time you were on because I've been listening to that episode today, where most of the discussion is about the way you used to leave your wife in the car as you drove around, sort of Germany and Austria and and related places. I, I hope now that you're, uh, you know, you're able to sort of bring her in, and she's no longer waiting in the car while you're going in to taste all the exciting things that, that you're going to visit. That was just that one time. That was one time. <laughs> it's true. <actually. laughs> just the way you said it was that, just it probably wasn't just one time. <laughs> no, she loves beer. <laughs> do you ever see a day when when pilsners become really part of the craft beer scene um in australia where where it becomes this thing where kind of like when when we started with neepers every brewery out there was making a neeper is there a day in the future where that same thing can happen with pilsners i don't know if it'll happen with pilsners but i think that people are calling for it on on hellas lager um Everyone seems to be making one these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I, I don't know. I don't know about Pilsner. I mean, it, it's it's certainly my. Uh, I don't know if it's my favourite style of lager, but it's <laughs> it's it's certainly up there. If it's not my favourite, it's my second favourite. Was it with with this? Was it a matter of it didn't matter how it performed on the market? You were still going to keep it. Um, yeah, I, it was a passion project for me. Really, it was. Um, I, I just kept pushing for it and I was like, well, yeah, sure. You can take responsibility for this. <laughs> and then I was just like, now I've made it. Now you guys have to take responsibility of selling it. So, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Lynn. <laughs> one of the and things Brendan, we love to, dis- one of the things we love to discuss on the podcast is, is can art, the, the, the art form of the beer can, because it's just so widely around in Australia and overseas. You guys have always had the beer can art um, and you spoke about it last time you were on the podcast. Can you give us um, a bit of an insight on how it all came about and, and how the name of the brewery came about? Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's, you know, the, the pills is a much later design of ours, um, but you know, we did start with bottles, um, but we, so my, um, my brother's wife is in game development and she has, she's always had these artists who she wants to work with. And, um, I'm sure lots of people have already heard this story. Um, the Mikey 
Mikey Burton was the artist that we we got to do Golden Axe, which was our cider, which was our first product that we did. Um, and we just really loved loved what he did with that. And then um, when we started Monster Mash, as it was called, we we wanted him to do the art for that. Um, and so he came up with you know a few different designs, and we ended up going with the the big green monster. Um, and Callum always referred to the big green monster as a kaiju. Um, because you know we we saw him as a as a city destroying enormous beast. Um, <laughs> that so, sounds like my experience of some of the beasts over the years. So yeah, yeah. Thanks. Well, we, we've tried to do that. Um, <laughs> I mean, the name Monster Mash came from the fact that you know every the mashes that we did were huge mashes because they were you know massive ABV beers. Um, and, and despite yeah, the fact that you've got a few of your team in tonight. Don't look at their pictures. Tell tell a story for those of people who are going to be tuning into the podcast who perhaps have never heard this story before. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you continue with that name? Yeah, so um, we got a letter from some lawyers uh, representing an energy drink company telling us that we couldn't use the word, um, we couldn't use the name Monster Mash um, because of a word in it. Um, and so we, it wasn't mash, was it? No, it wasn't mash. <laughs> um, they're making energy drinks now. I didn't, I wasn't aware. Um, <laughs> hard seltzer or something. Um, yeah. So we, we just went, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> We're not going to spend money trying to spend money and time trying to deal with that. Um, and just that the logical name was, was Kaiju cause We'd been calling them, we'd call them the monsters kaijus. Um, we hadn't been calling them monsters. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that was where that, that, so then it was kaiju. And, um, yeah, so we just had to change a bunch of labels and stuff. But otherwise, um, it's turned out for the best. I mean, Monster Mash was my stupid name, and kaiju was, is just a way better name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, we are going to move on to our next beer. On, don't don't feel like you need. I'm sitting here looking at the Zoom room. Nate Scalini's beer, like responsible service of alcohol in the call room, says we should be doing that. But we probably will because I'm about to do it as well. Um, we're going to move on to the metamorphosis on what is World IPA Day. And Warren Wu is going to take the lead on this one. Yeah, awesome. So hopefully, I'll give everyone a moment or two just to crack a metamorphosis. Um, And we can cut this out later. Oh, we don't have to. We can... Oh, we could just leave silence. Silence is always winning when it comes to audio media. Is is the green dude on the metamorphosis can sort of the original green dude or while we're no. talking labelling and so forth? No, the um the original green dude is much uh sludgier looking than that. Um now the metamorphosis guy, he's meant to be a, a hop. Um yeah, I, I, but, I did get yeah. I, yeah, but he's a um he's a hop cocoon. So that the idea behind the name metamorphosis was that um we were changing from Monster Mash into Kaiju. So this was the first actual Kaiju beer that was released. Um, and so the idea was that, yeah, that it's, it's happening inside here, turning into Kaiju. 
while we're still talking about the branding and stuff, and that is, do do each of the characters have? Uh, do you sit down and write bios for them? <laughs> backstory, and if so, have you ever thought about like creating a comic book with all the characters and then turning that comic book into a really sort of dodgy nineteen nineties animated uh, cartoon series? Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I would it love that. It worked brilliantly, I reckon. Yeah. Um, no, look, some of the some of the guys do have backstories. Um, but yeah, um, they, a lot of the stories come because of the picture that, that Mikey will send us. So he'll, he'll come up with a few different designs for each, for each beer. We'll come up with a name for the beer and then we'll send that to him. We'll tell him what style it is. Um, and then he comes back with, with a range of stuff. Um, and then we'll write a story about that guy or girl or whatever it is. Going on to the metamorphosis itself, you guys have done a shitload of IPAs. Given this was like the first Kaiju, is, is is this the basic formula? Is this like the flagship and everything else is kind of a, I suppose, a reflection of this? Um, so, I guess Meta is the only our only core range that is called an IPA, just mm-hmm. just an IPA. Um, so obviously, Cthulhu is a black IPA. Um, Aftermath is a double IPA. So really, it is yeah. Meta is our our IPA. Um, I'd yeah. It, it, it's certainly our biggest selling IPA. Um, you know, Aftermath is doesn't sell as much as Meta, but um, yeah, I it, like so. So, for example, even even with your seasonals, do you mm. do you do you start with with meta and then just go? Okay, we we'll start here, and this is what we want to do to make X Y Z. Yeah, so I guess meta is more of a an old school US style mm. IPA, West Coast um, kind of thing. Yeah, where it's it's West Coasty whilst still being so. It's more like a. Um, I guess the beer that really ins- inspired me to m- make it was um, Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. Right. Um, so what Metamorphosis was when I was making it at home was more was more like Celebration. Um, but then when we actually made it commercially, um, by that stage I'd kind of started thinking more along the lines of Bellas Point Big Eye. Um, which I also, you know, I find those two beers quite, quite similar, really. Um, and so they've, they're, it's kind of a kind of a movement in that direction. Um, but it's definitely a lot more malt heavy than a lot of IPAs these days. Um, so there's, you know, quite a lot of crystal malt in there, which really gives it that that great colour. Um, but yeah, most of our seasonal IPAs really they do tend to just be uh, that we don't put crystal malt in them. Um, so that to make them really, really light coloured and, and really light on the malt flavour as well. Um, so yeah, most of the seasonals are basically just base malt and a little bit of um, of dextrin malt really in there, and then just throwing tons of hops. <laughs> has has uh, has Meta changed over the year, like uh, over the journey? I suppose has, has yeah. It, yeah has has it evolved and how has it evolved? I suppose is the next. Would be the follow-up. Yeah. So um, originally, when we made it, it was all Columbus and Centennial 
pops. Um, and as funny as this sounds these days, um, the centennial hops, they, we just, we couldn't get them. So uh, the, yeah. the, the funniest thing about brewing back in, you know, what, seven years ago when we started was that we had a shortage of Columbus when we on the second batch of, um, aftermath, which never happens anymore. And we had a shortage of centennial, um, for a, a whole year after making, um, our first batch of metamorphosis. Um, and so, I fiddled with, I, I just basically added more of the Columbus hops and then um, blended in a bit of Cascade. And that gave what I, what I thought was pretty close to um, a centennial kind of aroma. Um, it was, it was more dank though than centennial, but um, it, it made it better. I, I liked it better the way that it was. Um, we have introduced a little bit of Simcoe into it um, probably a few years ago. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much been the same since then. Um, when you were playing with those sort of changes that you're making there, were you doing little small batches or did you just have the confidence to go full batch already? I think questions like that fascinate those of us that do a little bit of home brewing, but try to understand what it must be to work in big fermenters and big vats like you guys do. Yeah. So I, I, as as meta, yes, we. I didn't. I didn't actually trial using that combination of hops in that. I just. I trialed that combination of hops in other beers that I was making at home, um, and just kind of worked off that. And it was pretty. It was pretty much just like make a batch, um, split it into multiple um, fermenters, and then just dry hop with different ratios and see see what came out. Um, so it was. It was pretty quick. Um, from when it happened, it was just like, all right, well then I'll just <laughs> get this ferment happening. And then yeah. two weeks later I had my results and I was like, well, this, that batch of meta is going to have that in it because this is pretty close to, and, it, and I, I think it should, it should actually work better. When you're, when you're brewing at home, <laughs> I just picked up on this. And so question without notice when you're brewing at home, is it because you 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 love brewing that much or are you actually just experimenting for the, for kaiju yeah so i i haven't actually brewed at home now in five four or five four days, years, I reckon. Five, five days. Yeah. four or five years um so we have i all my kit is now at the brewery yeah. um i used i've i probably used it probably probably four times in the last year um at the brewery but um so I guess that kind of counts as, as home brewing, but yeah, basically everything that I do on that is kind of like an, an idea of, of something that we could potentially sell. There have been a few things that I was just like, I've just got to make that, I've got to make this style of beer. Like when. Oh, you know, what was that? What was the. So when Callum and I went to actually part of the journey of meeting Thin Man, um, we, we ended up in Munich um, cause that was our destination. So it's not just like we ended up in there. Um, and, and then we, we caught a train to Bamberg and went to Schlenkeler and drank their Mertzen fresh off like out of the barrel. And yeah, that was, that's phenomenal. Um, and so when I got home, I was like, I've got to make this beer. I've got to make this beer. So we, we made a few very, a few, I had a few attempts at it 
um, but it certainly wasn't the idea to make it a, a commercial beer. I think we did do a small, like a, a batch for, um, what's that? Uh, I can't think of what the name of that place is. Uh, no, I can't think of what the name of the place is. Um, but we, we, we did do like a, you know, a 300 litre batch of it for someone, but it's, it's certainly not the kind of beer that we would ever commit uh, 50 hectolitres <laughs> to. <laughs> that's uh, a lot of smoke, you know, Ralph beer to sell. So. <laughs> and, and just like the Pilsner, it's, I don't think the Australian market's quite ready for, for that. No. Just quite. There's, there's not many markets that are, Ready prepared for, for Rauch <laughs> beer or ready for Rauch beer as you know to sell those kind of volumes yeah. um, even most of Germany don't don't drink it no. so. <laughs> it's one little place in Franconia yeah <laughs> locals locals and visiting brewers yeah <laughs> exactly but I, I highly recommend going there if you yeah fresh Schlenkola is just like the stuff in the bottle is good but it's nothing like like that it's just it was yeah wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be so I don't know like so fresh dependent you know that smoke flavor is degrades so quickly yeah into like it, so when the use had degrades lowers or uh, taking this a different path lowers or go or does it turn into an ashtray like so often smoke flavor often does you know what yeah, I, mean? I think it it becomes it so there's a lot of phenol kind of characters in there and those, I think those phenol characters become more of that, the undesirable phenols rather than those intense smoky. Um, I mean, let's see, I don't People, people compare it to bacon. I don't, that's, mm -hmm. I don't really compare it to that. Um, and we don't yeah, see a lot of smoked bacon anyway in Australia. Like not prop, like you do, there's specialties that's, that properly smoke it. But most of the time, yeah. Oh, you know, bacon boy. G'day, Warren. How are you, mate? No, I'm just out it, just like just <laughs> someone who's an aficionado of, of bacon and smoking stuff. Um, yeah, you don't often see good smoked bacon, so that's the other oh. thing. Like, wow, our bacon is, you know, chemmed up to a, all the commercial stuff. Anyway, anyway, moving yeah. on. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need a bell now. Okay, Every yeah, we do. We always need a bell. Track, we ring the bell and we pull it back into alignment. All right, let's talk about IPAs. Let's, you mentioned we, we, have, we did have a little chat about markets and commercial markets and, and all sorts of different things. Um, did, did you, where do you see and do you see an end to the, the IPA craze in, in, uh, in Australia? Like, yeah, do you? No, no I don't, not, not in our lifetime. <laughs> Hopefully, until, because you produce a lot hops, of them. Yeah, until hops become so expensive that you, you have to start lowering the numbers um no i mean it's it it's kind of what what craft beer has become um in a way it, it's the same in america you know it's um and and emerging craft beer markets all over the world it's like the ipa becomes king um i think other other beers start to you know weave their way into it but yeah i can't think of I don't, I don't know any market where IPA isn't isn't king amongst the craft beers, really. Uh, the, you know, the the Nipah thing is massive. I, I I think some people are starting to move out of it, but um, 
it, I don't know, it, people still sell lots of it. It feels like the NEPA thing is still part of the whole IPA thing in mm. a lot of ways. It's still part of the same beast. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, one of those things. The double the triples, the quadruples. Oh, yeah. IPAs, NEPAs. I don't think we'll ever get away from it. Yeah. And, and last week, that discussion with China being a massive consumer of, of hazy IPAs, which kind of blew my mind. Um, yeah, it was, was a yeah, fascinating, interesting kind of thing to see. So, yeah, I, I'm, it feels like there's no end to the IPA. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. Should we keep on trucking on? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we give people just a little break to freshen their pallets and freshen whatever else they might need to freshen. We still have three big beers to go. So why don't anyone who needs to refresh their glasses or have a quick bathroom break, go and do I'm that. Back. And then we'll I'm punt back. on with the second part of the show. Yes. So we're talking at the moment about sort of styles of beer that are trendy and particular different styles of, you know, IPAs. For goodness sake, and this is one of my pet questions as long-standing listeners will know, why haven't black IPAs become a bigger thing in the Australian market? Well, there was a, there was a time where there was a few black IPAs and there was, when there was, what, a tenth of the amount of breweries around. Mm. Um, yep. So there was the Coinda. Um, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Probably... There yeah. was Feral had one at the Karma Citra about the same time. I think there was another, another have... one. Yeah, Temple had well, one. Yeah. There was a few kicking around. And so that was probably, I don't know, 10, 10 plus, maybe 12 years ago. I don't remember. Brendan would have an idea about um, Karma Citra. I don't, I don't remember. The window was a great one. Yeah, it, was an, it was amazing. 2015. Nelson, 2015 was Karma Citra, was it? Yep. Ah. Um, and then it was Barico Karma for those of us that was playing along at home. So, yeah. Well, the the Kuinda one was that was mind blowing. Just all Nelson for them. It was crazy. It was black. So, for those yeah, people who are just opening yep. this up at home or in the Zoom room, what kind of flavours should we be experiencing? I, I guess another way to put it is, you know. How does the IPA show itself in this style while the colour is so different and while you get those sort of extra flavours coming through? Can you tell us what we should be tasting? Yeah, so I think the black IPA, um, technically, uh, Cthulhu would not fit into the the black IPA category. Um, Black IPAs are supposed to be that if you closed your eyes and you were drinking it, you wouldn't know that it was black which I'm like, what is the point of, of that being a beer? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so Wakatulu actually is, is an American black ale. Um, that's what we uh, put it into, into, into beer competitions. Um, and it's, it's actually our most successful beer. It's had more, more gold medals than anything mm-hmm. else by far. Um, it's, yeah, so it's, I think that... It, the, the, the way that I, you know, wanted this beer and the way that I, I was making it was that I wanted, I wanted a, 
a black beer. I wanted something like a porter. I didn't want a stout. I wanted something more like a porter. And then I wanted to hop the bejesus out of it. And so that's what we've done. And I think that, you know, using um, it's Mosaic and, and Simcoe in the dry hop, um, I think the, the kind of tropical kind of flavours and the pininess is really easy to distinguish from the roasted malt flavours that you get. And for me, it almost, it intensifies that hop character. Um, and then you've got that nice roastiness as well. But I think that those two flavors for me are so different um, that they actually make both of them more intense. So it gives a couple of ideas of the kind of flavors you're discussing. I mean, you know, because um, you, you've described two different types of flavors, but for mm. people who aren't sort of beer experts and are just coming to this for the first time, what are they getting out of the roastiness? What are they getting out of the tropical sort of end of things? So the tropical thing, um, well, and the fruitiness really, um, I mean, I'm smelling passion fruit, um, some, some citrusy character going on. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to say which kind of citrus, maybe grapefruit or something. Um, Pomelo. and then the roast. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the roastiness just, I don't know, how do you, how do you describe roastiness? Like a bit of burnt toast, but um, with less toast. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, I think it's really interesting for people who often hear those big broad terms bandied about and then sort of go, well, I can't ask that question about, well, I taste pineapple or I taste mm. a hint of Vegemite or, you know, what are those sort of things that you're allowed to sort of go, oh, you know what, that's the flavour I am getting out of this. Yeah, and I'm really bad at flavors to be honest <laughs> we usually callum is usually the person we're just like just, yeah you've got to write <laughs> what this beer tastes like because <laughs> to me it either tastes good or it tastes like shit <laughs> and i've got to say that for the exactly the kind of people we're talking about who are most of our listeners who just that's exactly the the primary thing which is you know does it taste good does it taste bad and um this beer's stood the test of time hasn't it so it must taste good yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, we released it in 2014, um, straight after Behemoth, <laughs> West Rides the Behemoth, which was a questionable choice. Um, well, <laughs> the, <laughs> in terms of like, how, how do you stage them rather than either of those two beers being a questionable choice? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was purely because, um, we had, we'd made West Rides of Behemoth for um, Gabs that year. And then Mikey sent through, you know, just unprompted. He sent through all these new characters that didn't, they didn't have names. They weren't, they weren't anything. They were just characters that he sent through. And there were two characters out of that, that we had to make beers out of almost immediately. Um, and the first one was, was, Cthulhu and I, because I we saw that and I just said that just looks like Cthulhu, but he's standing on the moon. Um, and Callum was like, "You're not wrong." That's a, that, yeah, that's a really good name for a beer, Cthulhu on the moon. So we're like, okay, cool, <laughs> let's go with that. And then it was, yeah, it was winter, and um, I I already had a beer like a recipe ready for it because I'd been making um, black IPAs. There's a certain party that I had at my house that everyone's wives remember but and wives and partners remember you, but you the, can't you can't keep on doing these sort of little references and they're not fess up 
there's no one in the Zoom room, there's no one ever going to listen to this podcast. What happened at the party? Well, everyone just got absolutely retarded because they were drinking just, they were drinking this beer. It wasn't, it was, you know, it wasn't exactly Cthulhu on the moon, but it was a 7% black IPA. Um, and nobody believed that it was 7% until they'd had however many glasses of it. And it was basically just a whole bunch of dickheads just standing like right <laughs> in each other's faces. Just, we were, you know, we were just having normal conversations. But was we everyone were smiling? Yelling at each other. We were just like, no, blah, 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 blah. You know, just like super drunk people trying to have conversations. Was everyone happy? That's the real question. Yeah, everyone was, was great. Yeah, everyone was useless, and um, everyone was useless the day after. It's a and beer in a style that makes me really happy, I've got to say, which is why, foolishly, I think the last time I saw you in the flesh, I was out at Kaiju brewing the infamous Metallica black beer. Great beer, loved it deeply. Um, I really loved that one. It was really good. Yeah. <laughs> It, I'm just so sorry that people didn't get to come down and experience that at the Royal Mail on Spencer. But having having said all that and done my little plug and push there, um, when I was out there, there was you were doing so much work in the actual factory and so much work, you know, in terms of bringing in new brew houses, moving around so much stuff. Um, tell me how that's gone. I mean, that's now nine months ago, 12 months ago. How's the space yeah. working for you? So... The new brew house is operational, um, has been for about three weeks, took a long time. Um, we weren't expecting to be busy. Um, basically, it was March that it was like, all right, well, this is the time that we can actually spend all the time getting all this stuff done properly. Um, and we just didn't get the time to do it. Um, so, yeah, that's been operational for about three weeks. So that's great because we're now making, you know, the same amount of beer in less than half the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, all of the chillers and everything have all been moved outside, which was a, it was yes, a big I remember that conversation on our, on our lives. Um, getting the chiller, which is making lots of hot air outside so that we're not just recirculating hot air. Um, so it's cooled down the brewery. I mean, obviously it's cold now, but um <laughs> Certainly during summer, that made a big difference. Um, yeah, so we're still doing little things. Well, little things. Um, still got a bunch of things that, that are happening right now. We've got a new toy in that I'm not going to tell you about, but you'll probably find out in the next few weeks. Oh, you see, this um, is what you did to us on the last podcast. Yeah, is it a cool ship? Are you yeah, that's exactly that was going to be my question. <laughs> yeah, because that's definitely our style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it Everyone some sort of giant torpedo it. device to extra, extra oh, yeah. hop something? Maybe. But, <laughs> um, that's not a no. So we, we've, I feel I've like interviewed that's politicians get back on the podcast in a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to be ambiguous here or something. <laughs> um, I'm not doing a very good job. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's that. There's a couple of other little projects, but... Yeah, it everything is constantly moving in that place because we realise better ways to actually deal with the space to then get something else into there because it is now just a matter of shoehorning everything in, which is 
I guess the other question that comes for me out of my visit is just how much did you chuckle to yourself about getting some free labour about some dopey bloke who was in his mid forties to shovel out the, you know, the fermenters for you was you sort of did the boils and whatever else, you know, was that, was that just the main reason to get me out there that day, just to do some shoveling work? I think you should just love that sort of experience. It's the only reason we get ever get anyone out there. <laughs> it was literally back back when we were brewing at Cavalier. That was one of my favourite things when someone would ask me, "Oh, can I come? Can I come for a brew day?" I was just like, "That is yes," because I that means I don't have to do that the job that I hate the most. The, the, that was back back breaking labor that one too was awful <laughs> you see the sad thing about me is that even knowing that i was taken advantage of then i would go and do it again tomorrow just to come yeah. out and hang out with you guys so <laughs> you just want to be paid in cthulhu that's all oh, i just want to be around and see how it's made i i'm a total you know, geek and fanboy. I think I might have said that when we were off air, which I hope is off air, Travis, <laughs> between sort of part one and part two. Um, it's a really amazing experience. I imagine there's all sorts of people who are on either in the Zoom room now or being part of, you know, the, the listening experience on the podcast who would, would give anything to be in the room with you guys to hear the way you talk about the beer, to hear the way you try and modify what happens and, you know, what time do you put the hops in? What time do you put the, you know, the, the grains in? What time do you do everything else? Um, for some people, it looks like a science and for others, it's an art. And then we know you have a science background. I mean, how much are you informed by those two different philosophies, if, that, if they are two different philosophies? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the art, I've... I'm much more into the science of it than the art. Because, um, you know, when it comes down to it, you're, you're putting those things together. It's, it, I mean, it's not exactly one plus one equals two, but it's, it's close enough that you, hmm. you can't do that. I guess that the, if, if there is art in it, it's, it's thinking about an idea that, that you want or, or, uh, I don't know. I I just really think about it as a science rather than art. That's my yeah. yeah. That's, that's a very fair call. It's very different. Interesting to hear how different people approach it. What's the most sciencey thing you do in the brewing process? I'm yeah. I'm, it's yeah. Just out of interest. Um. I mean, the it's just every part of it. Every process is, is that's all that that's what it is. Um. I don't know. I mean, it did. <sighs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> it's, it's a bullshit question. Like uh, I didn't, I, I was just fishing for something magical, but, but you know, there might not be any magic. It might be science. The most scientific thing we do is the harvesting of the unicorn horns. That we're throwing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were looking for. Yeah. That's what we were looking for. Like it, if you, yeah, it's, it's just one of those, yeah, strange things how, what, yeah, the science, I mean, there'd be lots of measurements and lots of calculations on, 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 uh, yields and different bits and pieces, I'm sure. But yeah, is there anything that, but the unicorn horns is exactly what we were, we're interested in. 
<laughs> We've had a few science people on the podcast that, you know, went from a science background to, to brewing beer. Um, David, maybe we need some cool room merchandise where we can get face masks made up that just say science is beer. Oh, I'm, I'm all for merch and I'm all for t-shirts. Beer is science. Beer is science, definitely. Beer is science. Yeah. Or without science, there is no beer? No, because, because like, cavemen... Oh, that was really good, Warren. No, <laughs> cavemen made... Like, I'm in my... I, like, cavemen made, my, made beer. Like, when it all comes down to it, it's, the English make beer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need a bell, David. But yeah, we do. But before we ring the bell, I think we should just have two T-shirts. One with Warren's slogan, one with mine, and we'll see what sells better. Okay, cool. Yeah, one with beer is science. Beer is science. I'm going to... I want even the English make beer. That's what I want. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, that's actually pretty... That's <laughs> the best that, quote I've heard online. Baseball cap, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. And yet, Nat, every time we talk about beer with you, brother, you, you talk about Germany, you talk about... Austria. <laughs> is, there, is there an English beer that you'd like to reference as a good example oh, yeah, of the style? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of diaspora. For people who aren't in the Zoom with us, Ned is just diving through a window to avoid the conversation. <laughs> on that note, why don't we move on? Is it, I'm, I'm sure that everyone's still got some of their, their black IPA sort of sitting there to be drank. But apart from David, who's now sculling his... But, you know, that's all great. Um, and now he's getting up and walking away. Oh. Um, he's getting another gonna, one. We're going to talk about... We're going to move on very, very soon. We're going to move on to the aftermath. Let's give people, you know, a minute to grab their cans, finish their previous beer. We are talking about high alcohol content beers tonight. So we'd love to give everyone sort of the chance to either finish what they're drinking or move on to the next one. So let's take a quick minute break and either finish our, our previous beers um, and then we'll come back and we'll uh, move on to the aftermath. Well, shotgun aftermath when we come back. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. That's, a, that's a fucking great idea. <laughs> beer bong the aftermath. I think the Cthulhu needed to be beer bong. That, that, that's the most metal thing I'd... Totally. It would be. Back it'd make a really good looking beer bong too, like just yeah, that like nice black, black kind of yeah. foam. Just yeah. And the the cone of the beer bong would need to be like like galvanized steel, like funnel. Oh, this no that rusting on the outside, just on the outside. Yeah, just a little bit over the top. Yeah, like yeah. the like that big skull that was on the side of the uh, Peninsula Link. The you know the. The no. It's surely it's got to be a whirlpool, and you can put dry hops straight in it. That is genius. Like the thing that Nats just bought for the part, for the um, brewery. Yeah, that's that's actually what we bought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that idea, though. That 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 works really. I mean, when the hops actually get into your mouth, it's not great. But that that bit leading up to it would be. Yeah. You could you could just kind of wrap them in a you could just wrap them in a, a stocking or something and just have them sitting at the top of the beer bongs. So you suck all of the, you know what I mean? It would it would be like a tea bag. 
You, full of hops. Suck the pantyhose. Is that you suck the pantyhose? <laughs> full of Cthulhu. Let's go. And David's David's green screen has fallen down. I don't know. Well, we try to be a professional out. I'm glad we've moved so far since Nat was on on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have. We're doing this one via Zoom. We're not sitting in the pub this time. Yeah. Or, oh, no, they were doing it in the brewery last time. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's why David had to shovel. Oh, have you done, have you done any, have you, have you done any hop hash um, beers, Nat, while we're? No. We, we do use a lot of um, cryo hops, which are really just a, a T45 pellet, so a, um, higher concentration of lupulin um, powder to vegetable matter. Um, But we don't know. We we haven't done a hop hash one. Hop hash is hard to to actually get into beer properly. Mm. Um, But, yeah, T45s are really great. So the cryo hops, they basically double the lupulin um, than normal T90 hops. So when we do aftermath, um, we use as much of those as we can in the dry hop. Not that we can't get every variety that goes into it. Mm. Um, but yeah, definitely the Simcoe is all cryo Simcoe. And it's a lot more intense, um, a lot more intense flavor. It's, it's slightly, I, I do find it is a bit different to even if you use double the amount of the T90s that the, the cryo is, it's more to the point of being like, this is hoppy. So it's less, it's less like fruity that's kind of imitating other fruit flavours. It is like, this is fruity, but it's hoppy, if yeah. that makes sense. I don't know if that... I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I always find one of the interesting things to people when they come into the pub is they say, I don't want or I do want a hoppy beer. And hoppy means so many different things to people. For some people, it means mm. bitter. And for some people, it means fruity. And um, it's really difficult to interpret as a publican you know what it is that they're looking for when they say i do or i don't want hoppy and what do you do when they say they want a hopsy beer then what do you say ah uh, well i say well we'll play hopsy with you have you <laughs> i see you i see you've played knifey spoonie before <laughs> and on that note we're gonna pull things back on track and move on to the aftermath so anyone that still hasn't opened their can Feel free to do so. This beer, Nat, is uh, is massive. It's a big, big beer. Um, 9.1%. Am I correct in thinking this is one of the original beers you guys did? This is our first beer. First beer? We did. Yeah. So for those who... I, I think probably most people in the Zoom room have probably had this before, but for those that haven't, it's it's a great James had- beer. Sorry, what was that? Jane's had a few. <laughs> I, I like Jane doing her little hand motions for those people that are listening. You can't see it, but um, Jane's literally telling Nate to shut up. Um, it has great balance, uh, given its its obvious, obvious percentage. Um, can you give us a rundown on the flavour profile and what what the listeners should be looking out for on this one? Um, well, I find aftermath to just be super super piney. Um, it's that is it. I don't know. To me, it smells like pine and weed. 
and that's <laughs> that's basically as far as it goes for me. That's actually a that's actually for those bad. of us that have never smelt weed, who might be running for <laughs> local government or something. Say, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's the it's an, it's a very grassy kind of yeah. Always, always a dense herbaceous sort of yeah, dense herbaceous yes definitely herbaceous i always find with this beer it it never hits me as a 9.1 percenter it's um i i could probably drink multiple and regret it the next day and forget that it's 9.1 percent because it just tastes so good um wh- what are people tasting i mean we've we've talked about the smell uh we'll leave david out of that conversation uh, what are they tasting in this beer um so I think the flavour is really quite grapefruity, like pithy, um, maybe even sort of marmalady in a way. Um, but then it still has that uh, a little bit of the, the ethanol flavour, um, but not in a bad way. Um, but and then a solid malt backbone. So you're still getting that sweetness of the malt in there. Is that a dextrose thing? Have you added something else or is that just purely malt? No, so we, we do add dextrose to it, but dextrose ferments to completely dry, which is part of the reason that um, I think if it's made as a whole malt beer, um, it can get a bit thick, a bit gooey. Mm. Um, so we, I've always put dextrose... Um, into aftermath or you know the double ipa that i was making at home always put dextrose in it because i liked it to be thin um yeah i mean i'm a i like my i like my ipas dry (laughs) i like them dry and i like them bitter um and yeah so there's 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 very little crystal malt in there but there still is some because i still want it to have some of that a little bit of goo <laughs> for a bit, no better way to explain it um but then just yeah get that um and also a bit of caramel kind of flavor do you think you could get the same flavor profile out of a lower percentage beer i i don't think so i mean ethanol is is a flavor in itself and it's a great supporter of of hops of, of like extreme hopping, I think. Um, and ethanol also extracts more, um, oil out of, out of dry hopping. So it it just, it just integrates far better. Um, I think. And so you just get a more rounded, a more rounded flavor, um, with that. I mean, I, I was always of the opinion while I was brewing at home that, the beer should be six and a half percent or more. That was my, that was my philosophy. I think that's fair enough. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't because it got you drunk quicker. It was because that's where, you know, beer just has this amazing, that's where it becomes amazing. Yeah. I think. But, yeah. You guys used to brew in 500 mil bottles. Um, mm-hmm. David actually, before we came on tonight, gave us a little bit of a, bit of a story about um, um, a, a, a meet the brewer thing they had at the bowls club, but where back in the day we still had 500 mil bottles. What made you go from? I was really hoping you weren't going to mention it that by name, Travis. 
Well, I didn't name the bowls club, but um, I could if you want. <laughs> name me yet. You're still running for council, aren't you? Is that the still thing? <laughs> well, here in the last 10, 15 minutes, yes. Um, and back to what we were talking about. I'll cut that out, David. It's fine. Um, you guys went from 500 mil bottles to cans, which that's, that's a pretty big difference. What, what was the decision-making process about doing that? Um, so we started with 500 mil bottles because, um, yeah, at Cavalier, they had a, a forehead uh, HTP filler and it was very slow. Um, and every bottle... So if you ever drank a 500 mil bottle, then I, I'd had my hands on those bottles at least. I think you had to handle them seven times before or eight times before they ended up in the box. Um, in these post COVID or these in current yeah. COVID environment, that sounds pretty shocking, but yeah. day, that was common, wasn't it? Yeah. Back in the day, we didn't even wash our hands after we went to the toilet. You know, it's like lick the rim to secure the cap, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so it was, you know, difference between bottling three, oh, sorry, four 500 mil bottles and bottling and bottling four 330 mil bottles at a time was, that was the difference between a 12 hour bottling shift and a 16 hour bottling shift. So I'd go for the 12 hour bottling shift. Um, that was more than that. No, it's a bigger difference. Anyway, um, it was, it was awful. Um, so then when we, when we moved into our own facility, we, we bought a bottling line. Um, and so a few of our beers, uh, Aftermath didn't, but um, Meta and Cthulhu and um, Hopped Out Red and RoboHop all went into 330ml bottles and went into four packs. And that was purely because 500ml bottles just didn't sell that well. Um, and then 330ml bottles are obviously a lot cheaper. Um, so that, that worked out, that worked out well. Um, but Aftermath stayed in a 500 mil bottle basically because we were like, well, we're probably going to move to cans at some point. So why are we going to do a redesign um, to, to then make 330 mil bottles and then to finally go to cans? Um, so yeah, when, when, we, when we first, so I mean, Crush was our first beer in cans. Um, and basically the first canning run that we did of that was using a, uh, mobile, was East coast canning, the mobile, one of the mobile canning lines, the first one that was around. Um, we, that as soon as like crush hit the market, I was like, so are we buying a canning line now? It was like, yes, we're buying a canning line. Good. Um, yeah, because the, the sales were far, far greater than anything we'd done before. And then as soon as aftermath went into a can, it, Pretty seventy-five mil can. It just started selling way more than it did in five hundred mil bottles. Um, so I mean, it was just a, it was obvious that that was the way that the market was going, and that um, it was really just a matter of what size can do we put it in. Um, but I I didn't want to put it into a five hundred mil can. And now it's funny because fi back in the day, five hundred mil bottles were what people didn't buy. They bought three thirty mil bottles, but now people want. 500 mil cans of, yeah. <laughs> of big beers and not 375 mil bottles of big beers. <laughs> I mean, bottles, cans of, of beers, big beers. Anyway. Do you, um, do you still do anything in bottles or what was the last thing you did in bottles? The last thing we did in bottles was uh, Beetlejuice, which was yep. 
almost three years ago. Yeah. Is it that long ago? It doesn't feel like that long ago. Yeah. Someone, some dude came in one day and like we, after we bought our canning line, so all up we did 650,000 bottles on our bottling line in two years. When we bought our canning line, we'd already passed 650,000 cans in six months. So it was pretty obvious what was going on. And then we, we got the uh, factory next door and we moved the canning line and the bottling line. The canning line was running every day and the bottling line ran four times in nine months or something. And fortunately, some dude just walked in off the street and was asking me to make kombucha for him. And I said, I'm not, I'm not making kombucha in my brewery. And he, he just wouldn't go away. And <laughs> we, he went over, he went next door to the, and said, oh, what are you doing with that bottling line? You could make, you could make my kombucha on that bottling line. And I was just like, well, no, I'm not doing that. He goes, oh, well, I know someone that'll buy that off you. And I was like, well, good, take it. <laughs> and so yeah, they put in an offer and took the bottling line away. And I was like, that was great. It was I was really hoping this was, I hope it was really hoping this was going to be a story whereby people just come and bully you into making whatever they oh, want. Kombucha. In which case, can we kombucha. make some more of the Metallica beer? But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, sorry, <laughs> my wife just came over and started stealing my beers. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's, there's no better sign for a brewer than the fact that more, you know, even in your own household, people want to taste, taste your beers. Well, um, she started on a Cthulhu tonight, so, you know. Can I just have a bit of a question? Because I really enjoy some of your beers when they're aged a bit, but I know that many of your reps get a little bit nervous about that. And um, Len, yes, I'm looking at you. How, how do you feel about people who enjoy seeing how those beers sort of change over time and, you know, or do you want them presented exactly as you want to present them to market sort of almost that day? Look, present company excluded, I think that anyone who does that is mental. Um, but, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, look, I, the beers like... Beetlejuice and West Rides of Behemoth um, and even Paradise uh, and Cthulhu. Did I say Cthulhu? Did I already say that? Um, they, can, they can age all right. I mean, I think Paradise is pretty stable for a long time. Um, Cthulhu as well is one of those beers that does, um, it, it does change over time in a good way. Like it's neither, hmm. I don't think it's better or worse. Um, as it ages over, you know, nine months, even 12 months. I mean, I've drunk Cthulhu's that were 18 months old and I was like, I will still totally drink this because the, the roasty maltiness is still holding on to its own. I mean, the hops have gone, but um, it still tastes great. And still, still got that nice bitterness um, to balance out the maltiness. Um, but as far as, you know, Aftermath and Meta and Crush are concerned, those, those beers, yeah, they should just really be drunk as as fresh as possible. Um, the yeah, we put we put a lot of hops into those beers, and if the the reason that we put a lot of hops in those is because that's what makes it taste great. Um, but it it's also like hops are really expensive, so if you put them in there, you don't want them to dull. You know, yeah. you want them to stay, yeah. and they. Yeah, hop character is the first thing that goes. I mean, oxi oxidation. When, whenever you package something, you're always going to introduce oxygen, and and the first first thing that's going to go is the hop character. That's 
they're the um, the compounds that are going to oxidize the quickest and and then as they degrade um, yeah the beer becomes less and less about the hops and the is it going to be the first thing the your accountant beer. asks about as well as to why you're buying those sort of extra things and why you're shipping in, you know, five grand worth of, you know? <laughs> yeah, our hop bill is ridiculous. It must it's be. just mad. It's, it's so funny. Like, whenever I do a hop order, I'm like, how, why? This is so, ugh. Are you trying not so to think about money? it? Yeah. How do you I, actually, I do. genuinely, how do you approach that? As a, as a, as a pub owner, myself. I try not to think about how much beer I'm ordering for things like this. I just, uh, I just order what I need and I disconnect myself from the value of the things that I'm ordering. <laughs> I do that at home as well, just in my general life. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and how much Simcoe do you order? Because we've got a very specific Simcoe question tonight and a very specific uh, Simcoe household. How do you feel about Simcoe as a hop? And I mean, this is, I'm making a little bit of fun of this, but we've had a bit of a yarn in the Zoom room and that's part of the fun of being on before the podcast and being on after the podcast. But we've got one person who, who for Simcoe, it's just a hop that's a no-go. Yeah, right. And who can who pick that? it out. Uh, Lucy, if you're still there, or Kieran, if you can give her a chuck of... So Kieran, who's at the top there, can probably... Yep. We can unmute him and explain, but... Just a, a hop that's a no-go. And yep. how many times do you hear people say, uh, just as a one-off, this is the hop, whether it's, you know, for me, I love Comet. I just don't say Comet in beers anymore in Australia. Or, you know, how often does something come down to something as specific as that? I, I generally haven't had someone say to me that they won't drink this beer because it has X hop in it. Um, Every single beer that we're drinking tonight, it's, well, actually, no, the three beers. So Meta, Cthulhu, and Aftermath all are very Simcoe-heavy. Um, we're a very Simcoe-heavy brewery. It's our, it's, we use equal amounts Simcoe as we do Australian Cascade, and that's, they're our two biggest hops. Um, actually, we know we, we use more Simcoe because we also use a lot of Simcoe Cryo hops, so... Yeah, as an actual individual hop, yeah, it's it's in basically everything because it's that and Columbus are my two favourite hops. <laughs> so you don't I have like to apologise for it. I'm just really interested to hear how often you get a feedback about a specific hop. No, don't. I I can't think of. I mean, I've had lots of people talk about hops. I've had lots of those experiences at festivals where people are like, "Oh, funny stories." Um, about hops but no i don't i don't think anyone's ever ever done that i'd be more likely to do that <laughs> <laughs> and, and and corey in the zoom room saying you know mosaic's one of those ones and i love mosaic but i can also kind of see why for some people it wouldn't be their first choice for the the, the hop they'd taste in a beer you know how do you feel about mosaic as a hop yeah mosaic's another beer that we use a lot of and it's in Aftermath and Cthulhu um, from from tonight, um, and it's in uh, Crush. There's quite a bit of it in there. I, yeah, I think Mosaic's one of those hops that when when you use it, or when we use it, I like to use a lot of it. I mean, I, I guess that's all hops. Um, 
when we make beers, we like to chuck lots in. Um, I like mosaic, but I think it needs to be blended. I, I'm not a big fan of single hop mosaic beers. I mean, I, I'll drink them. I don't have a problem with them, but I, I like it to be a mosaic is a really good hop for blending. Um, what does it lack then, I guess, would be the obvious follow-up question. What is it not providing in terms of flavour? Do, do you want a bit of more a basey sort of earthy sort of flavour underneath a bit of fruitiness? Or? It depends what the beer is. Um, like, as I said, I mean, Columbus and, and Simcoe are my two favourite hops, but they're very different hops, and I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't want Columbus in something like Crush. Um, uh, yeah, I want Simcoe and Crushed for sure. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's a little one-dimensional. I don't, I can't describe what it is that, that I think is one-dimensional about it. It just, it is, and what those flavours are, but it's, it just, it were, it's, it, it's not, I guess it's, it's more like if it's blended with another hop, it makes it better. And it, it makes the other hop better as well. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to describe what it is about it as more just like if you're not if you're not putting that in there with it, if you're not putting something else there with it, then you're kind of underutilizing it. If that's a, I don't know. That's yeah, kind no, of how I feel about it. Are there any um, any hops that you you haven't used in any of your beers that you'd like to use, or is there something that's sort of on the radar in the future that? Um, you might be able to tell the listeners it's coming up. Oh, we've, we honestly don't have that many. Uh, like we haven't had time to make, to make trial beers and stuff. Um, so I don't even know what's on the radar as far as new beers. Are concerned. Yeah. Um, I guess Nelson's is a hop that I've, you know, I used to, I used to brew a lot with it at home and then it became really, really, really expensive. So um, it was never really anything uh, that we, that we used on a commercial level, but then we used it in um, actually, <laughs> it's a pretty funny story. So we, we got the, the reps of uh, to, to come up with a beer that they, that they wanted. They just had to be able to sell it. Um, and so the idea was that it was going to be a smash beer. So it was single malt and single hop and, and they wanted it to, Brendan wanted it to be a New Zealand hop. So I bought a whole bunch of Nelson, a whole bunch of Rewaka, a whole bunch of something else. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then they all decided they wanted Rewaka. And I was like, cool. Okay. Um, but then I had all this Nelson left over and I was, that we just hadn't used. And I was like, this is awesome because I really want to do something with this Nelson. Um, and so that was when we did demon cleaner um, and just chucked tons and tons of Nelson in it. And yeah, I think demon cleaner was, I really, really love that beer as did some other big people apparently. Um, it, yeah. So, I mean, Nelson is, is a hop that I would love to use more of, but it's, you know, what I can't just sub it into one of our beers. It, it just wouldn't, just doesn't go like that it's like it needs a whole a whole new beer to do it and as far as introducing another a core range beer or something like that i don't know if i don't know if our <laughs> people want to deal with more <laughs> core range kaiju 
Now, we've got a couple of questions in the Zoom room, and then we're going to move on to the Mortal Wombat. And so other people who are in the Zoom room might want to line up their questions. But a couple I really want to sort of take and ask. So, Kieran, a long-time supporter of the, uh, the Royal Mail on Spencer, you've asked, um, is there a hop that you would never use? Is there sort of something that for whatever reason, you had a bad experience as a child where, you know, it led you out into the woods and surrounded you or, you know, just generally as a flavour you don't like out of a hop, you'd never, you'd never go back there. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, as far as Kaiju is concerned, um, there would be quite a few hops that I wouldn't use because they just wouldn't fit in with, uh, our, you know, that's the, what we do. Um, Your shtick, so, as we say yeah, in the wrestling shtick. history. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I guess hops like, like Fuggles, um, you know, they, they, they're great in, I say they're great, they're good in an English uh, pale ale, um, but, you know, it's not like we're just going to start making ESBs or some shit. Well, know, well, like, but but your answer there almost suggests that it's on the radar. So you're aware of Fuggles. You like those beers they produce. No, I, I, I used to use things like that back when I homebrewed just to try and make beers like ESBs. And just, I, you know, I tried to make lots of different styles of beer except for lager because lager would be a pain in the ass to make. So that's why I didn't make it. But you know, I made lots of English beers, English browns, and I, I didn't mind what I made. That's um, all right. Um, but, you know, that's not... It's just not kaiju to do a yeah to do a. Are you thinking about bit. another branding? Is that what you're thinking about? Is that no? No, I mean English English ESBs and stuff. I mean, has anyone done one successfully over here and actually managed to sell enough to make it worthwhile? I don't. don't think I made anyone. a couple I really liked, but no one <laughs> bought them from me. That's a fair point. Um, now Brindle, who's also in the room, and hopefully Brindle, I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Um, question in the chat room. Um, how much trial and error was there in your original sort of hop matchups? You know, I think is one of those questions that everyone who's coming into the, into the industry wants to know. Um, what's it like when you're first trying to make those first couple of recipes? Um, like on a homebrew scale or on a... Or any scale, when, you, when you're first coming in and encountering these things and when you're going... Even at a homebrew scale, you can spend a couple of hundred bucks pretty easily on hops and good mm -hmm. malts and things like that. Do you try to restrain yourself or do you use the hops you really want to use? And how many times do you think you can get it wrong? And, you know, if you're paying for your yeah. hops in a non-business sense. Um, yeah, I guess the... There's, there's not... Fuckles was one of those hops that I used very badly. So that was where, where I made a hop combination that actually sucked. Um, but you know, a lot of other hops, you know, they, they, many of them can be blended to an extent that, that still makes something that's drinkable, whether it's great or not is, is a different story. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can look at, uh, I guess you, you can look at the, the flavor profile and aroma profile of, of hops and go, is that something that I want with that? And, and then make a call from there. Um, so, you know, as far as something like crush, I mean, it was, 
it was easy to go, well, I know that Mosaic, Aussie Cascade and Simcoe are going to make a really, and, and Citra are going to make a really good combination together because they all have great tropical characters um, and, and, and they all have a role to play in that. Um, I guess once you know, once you know a hop and once you've used it lots of times, it's easy to go, okay, what, what is that going to bring to, to this beer? Does it need to be there or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. So there's, I guess that, yeah, all the trial and error that was happening with, with a lot of my, my brewing with hops was a long time ago. Um, and since that time, uh, you know, things like Mosaic and, and I mean, Citra came not long before we actually started brewing commercially. Um, and those have just been hops that then I've gone, all right, we'll chuck that into there because that, that seems to work. I think that that will work. I mean, the, the descriptor of it and the smell of the hop is something that will, will go quite well with, with the, other, the other hops that we're putting in there. Wait, I think it's probably a good time to move on and talk about Mortal Wombat. Uh, New England IPA, the New England IPA collab. So we'll, we'll give everyone a couple of minutes to, to grab their, their Mortal Wombat. There's nothing so good as a beer with a punny name. <laughs> so true. Mortal Wombat. Um, for those of people who are just growing their beers or the ones who already have their beers and are looking for something to do while they're waiting for everyone else, uh, Google Thin Man and Troll by Wombat, which I believe is their, is their, their part of this collab, Nat. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is gold oh, standard. <laughs> I love it. It's the label is just... I One think, of the most awful things you've ever seen. It's great. I think it's, just, it's 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 very craft beer, isn't it? It's yeah. It's yeah, very it, Mike. It's very the Mike, the the owner of Thin Man. It's very him. Um, <laughs> so that's probably a good place to start. Tell us about the. I, I've recently I've been copying all of the the collabs, and I don't know why I'm. I have to talk about all the collaborations, particularly because I have no idea who the other brewery is. Mm. So yeah, maybe a bit of background on. Um, I'll spend some more time writing the questions, brother. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, yeah. So, Mike, uh, I, I call him the beer king of Buffalo. Um, so he's from from Buffalo in New York State, um, and he has a brewery called Thin Man. Um, and we met him in New York in 2017. Um, Callum and I were, we, we did this two week uh, trip. So it was a work trip. <laughs> <laughs> really was, it really was, it was great. But, um, so we were, we were going to uh, Drinkdeck in Munich, um, but we thought we'd fly the long way so that we could meet Mikey, our, our designer because we'd never met him before and he was living in New York at the time. So we, we went to New York and um, we were in, it was like the first day that we got there and we went to Torst, which is um, evil twins tap room 
before he had his brewery there. Um, I think it's Evil Twin. It's not Michael. No, it's pretty sure. Yeah, it's Evil Twin. It's Evil Twin. Um, and we were drinking beers there. And then Callum posted on Facebook of us drinking beers there. And Dan Johnson, who many of you will have met in your times, um, he used to run Foresters. He was the Canadian dude that ran Foresters. Um, probably one of the best things that ever happened to um, the craft beer scene in Melbourne was that man. Um, anyway, he he he'd moved back to he moved back to Canada and was um, working for Collective Arts, which actually I'm wearing the t-shirt to, today. I just realised. Mm. Um, he he messaged us saying, "Oh, you in New York? I'm here as well." It was just like, "Sweet, let's let's catch up." And he's like, "Oh yeah, we've got a beer launch at um, at this bar tonight." So we're like, yep, yeah, we'll go. We'll meet you there. So we met him there and then he interest, introduced us to this enormous man, um, Mike from Thin Man. He's, like the, he's just huge. He's just a very, very tall man. Um, and he was just super cool. He's really funny dude. Um, and he was obsessed with Game of Thrones, like absolutely obsessed with it. Um, and he, he was like, oh, Oh, cool, you guys are from Australia. Okay, um, we need to do a collaboration because I've got this great name for a beer. And we were just like, oh yeah, cool. what is it? And he's like, Trial by Wombat. And we were like, yeah, it's a, it's a great name. <laughs> and so he was he was just obsessed with it. And it was I was like, this is really cool. But um, we, you know, we couldn't, we weren't just going to be jumping back to, to Buffalo anytime soon um, or back to New York anytime soon. Um, so yeah, they, they ended up making trial by Wombat. Um, and then um, I guess once the coronavirus thing kind of kicked in, um, he, he, he wanted to do a few collaborations with, um, so he was doing some collaborations with, you know, uh, American breweries, so one like I think in Texas or something, just as far away as possible from where from Buffalo. Um, and then he was like, "Oh, we'll do one with with Kaiju, you know." Over, so do an Australian collaboration, and because he'd come up with another awesome name, which was Mortal Wombat, and we were just like, "We've got to be a part of this because this is that is just the best name ever." Um, and so, well, sorry, but the the reason that he wanted Trial by Wombat was obviously because. He was really into Game of Thrones, um, but also because it was going to be all Australian hopped IPA. Um, so that obviously where the Wombat comes into it. And then so Mortal Wombat was going to be a similar kind of thing, but um, just a collaboration with us. So um, basically, you know, NEPAs are not something that we generally do. Um, I, it's, it's not a beer that I, I'm skilled at making. Um, so basically we went, well, you guys let us know what, what grain bill you want and we'll come up with the hops. So that was, um, that was the way it, way it went. So, you know, it just had to be all Australian hops. So it was just like, well, obviously galaxy because everybody loves galaxy and they go really well in Napers. Um, and then Enigma was the other hop, which I, I mean, out of the, the hops in Australia, Enigma is probably my favorite. Um, so yeah, that was, that was how the recipe was sorted out pretty quickly, but they have this, um, 
so the, the water profile, they call it their wombat water. And I just thought that was the, the best name for a water profile, <laughs> wombat water. Sounds great name for a beer just in and of itself. <laughs> I know, it's so good. I was like, wombat water, that's the best. Um, so, yeah, they, they shared their wombat water with us, um, which is a little bit different for a NEPA. Um, a lot heavier on the, the sulfates, which is we're very, we use a lot of um, uh, calcium sulfate in our, in our beers because um, it really accentuates bitterness. Um, so, yeah, that was the wombat water with the mortal wombat. Um, so, and that's, so that's basically the story. Did, so, so, what it sounds like is that. They took care of, the, they kind of, they kind of gave the base recipe and you guys just threw hops in and just kind of worked together. That's, yeah. Yeah. have you had a, have you had a tra- chance to try trial by Wombat? Is there been since COVID? And- no, well, we've never been, we've just never, it's very hard to move beer between countries. It's really odd. Um, but also, you know, it's a NEPA. I mean, do you want to send it? Is it going to, what's it going to taste like? Um, I know we get a lot of stuff from America, but you know, cold shipped and that kind of stuff helps things. Um, but yeah, I haven't, we haven't actually had a trial, a trial by wombat or the mortal wombat that they, they brewed. So we actually did a different label than the one that they did. So the label that they did, basically that guy is the main part of it. Um, but we got, uh, George, George, who's, um, a designer up in Brisbane. Um, she used to be a rep for us as well. Um, she did the design for this one. Um, and then we chucked a little guy on there because we, we'd already designed the label before they, they got their design finished. <laughs> um, but we really liked the little dude. Uh, so we put the little dude on the side there. <laughs> are there, are there any other breweries who have put their hand up for a collab? Have you, are you looking at other breweries who are, who you do, no, not not recently. I mean, it's just yeah, we're just, we're just busy. It's just yeah. Um, it's but, has yeah. it stayed fairly busy for you guys through this period? Is it? Yeah, have you been, guys been okay? Yeah, it's been pretty good, really. Because um, we're not a we've never been a keg heavy brewery, so um, most of our beer comes out in cans and people can drink cans at home. So yeah, it's been, it's been fine. It's been good. And you guys have been pretty supportive of, you know, just pubs and even podcasts like her own that have been trying to sort of keep things turning over. So yeah, we, um, we, we decided not to do a um, online shop because all of the bottle shops and everywhere who had supported us throughout this time, um, they also need support. So yeah, we decided not to sell directly. Um, you know, it was just something How did you feel when I announced that I'd almost figured out how to program an online shop an hour and a half ago? There. <laughs> I mean, it's really shit. So let's be clear about that. Yeah, but as long as you're selling beer, great. No, 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 but it, it defaults people through into the, uh, the age comment section where they can abuse Daniel Andrews. So, you know, it's... Oh, I didn't see that. No. <laughs> No one clicks on it yet, but it's accidentally. It wasn't my intention. I'll give you a tip. 
Jane, Jane says quickly made a comment about the NEPA. Um, super bitter compared to other New England yeah. IPAs. Is that your is that your specific touch? Because yeah, I've noticed that bitter is is one of you, is is a kaiju thing. Um, yeah, is it a bitter? Yeah, I mean this this. I don't generally drink NEPAs, but this is a NEPA that I can drink because it's got bitterness. <laughs> yeah, it's not the soft and squishy NEPA. No. New England uh, IPA or hazies that we normally see. Hmm. I mean, also just working with those hops is—it's hard to. I mean, Enigma and Galaxy are both really high alpha acid hops. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to to really restrain them whilst still getting character out of them to restrain that bitterness. Um, but this is much more to my liking. Uh, you know, we make beers that we want to drink first and foremost, which is a reason that we haven't made neighbors because mm. <laughs> I'm just not into them. <laughs> I don't understand. But there are other styles that, you know, are sort of kicking around that you haven't <laughs> had a crack at that you want to have a go at. Um, what other styles are there? Well, there's this IPA um, and that's about it, isn't it? <laughs> That's there's something called session IPA or something maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I really I I love Pilsner and I love Rauk beer. I know we've done you know we have Paradise Pils, but I mean this isn't really a it's a Pilsner in every sense of the word except that it's 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 not. <laughs> um, Rauch beer, it's, that's something that I would love to be able to, to brew all the time and have people actually buy it and drink it. Um, Imperial Stout, something that we haven't um, done. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I do love Imperial Stout. Um, I don't know. We, you know we, we stick to the things that we know and, yeah, I don't I don't know what else would fit into to what we what we do that we haven't done. Mm. Someone like will come up with something and we'll tonight. do it. Hmm? I feel like we've put you on the spot a few times tonight. Yeah, we have totally <laughs> this for a few times. That's fine. That's um, all right. That's all you're making like. me think. We should it, <laughs> We need what we need to do is to design a kaiju and then and then challenge Nat to brew the yes. beer. I was wondering. Oh, wonder yeah. Yep, I'd um, be up for that. Draw I was actually going to mention this. If we had a cool room competition where we got our listeners of the podcast to design a kaiju and you guys came up with a beer for it, I, I reckon that's a great that. idea. That sounds rad. Can I go even one step further, which is one of those things that you do in primary school where you everyone gets to draw an inch or so and then <laughs> fold it over? <laughs> without seeing what's coming next. Now, I imagine it's going to look like a giant jellyfish, but, you know, there might be a whole lot of arms in there. Going to be very interested to see how the brewers deal with a whole lot of the arms question. Uh, You're cutting that out, aren't you, Travis? <laughs> oh, no, I'm leaving that in. I might even leave in Jane's question. Oh, no, it's not a question. It's just a statement. Yeah. <laughs> it would be pornographic. What type of picture do you think we are, Jane? 
Like, I reckon, my friends, that's just what she he's wants about it to the be. right time to put a bow on it, exactly like we did last week. Uh, because if you're in the Zoom room with us, then you get to sit around and talk with the people who've been in the room with you all night who are experiencing the beers and you get to give your experiences and your flavours and what you thought was good and bad. And um, if you're listening to the podcast, you miss out on it a little bit, but at least if you've got the uh, the tasting pack with you, then you're getting most of the experience. Uh, we've got some fantastic things coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, so make sure that you follow on to all of our social medias, the Cool Room podcast, and that's available on Facebook and it's available on Instagram. And please make sure you support Kaiju by doing exactly the same thing because Nat's been so generous with his time tonight. We know he doesn't like social media, but you know, two hours out of his time tonight is a big commitment to make to a bloke who knocked off work and should be going home to his family and instead has been uh, entertaining us with some great stories about some great beers. You probably it's not 100% heard. true. <laughs> Which, I, I, Thursday is my day at home with my one-year-old son. So, <laughs> Shush, Nat. That could have been... Oh, I really thought I was on a roll for a minute there. <laughs> That's okay. My partner gave birth to a daughter this morning and I'm still in yeah. the room. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean... You're, you're a brave man. <laughs> I didn't have. Did you know what it is? It's it's the COVID lockout laws. If if we weren't in coronavirus state, I would not be here with you all tonight. Yeah. So Fair we can enough. blame COVID. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> your commitment and in these times, and and genuinely, we know you wouldn't be here if you had the opportunity to be at the Royal Women's with your missus. And we're so excited. And you know, it's part of the whole cool room family thing. Is that uh, you, we've got to. Experience Experience a little bit of the excitement that you've had today in the same way that we did when Craig had a birth in his family a few months ago. So please come and join us in the call room live. If you haven't, you get to learn about our family and be part of it. Um, you know, next week we have uh, the good people of Tallboy and Moose. Um, I think our second epi episode ever was with Tallboy and Moose. So Go back and listen to that one and come up with some great questions. Uh, come back and listen to the week after that when we do Golden Hills. They're a great brewery, but they're, you know, they, they're dealing with coronavirus in their own way. Normally they just run a, a little uh, brewery in the pub room up in the country. Now they need to find a way to move some things in cans around the city. And so we're going to help out with that. And hopefully people will be part of that and buy those cans. The uh, the week after that, we'll be doing some great things with Deeds. And even while we've been talking, I've got confirmation from our friends at Bonehead that they've been able to can the beer that's been uncannable uh, for a week or two. And that's going to be coming through. And that'll be available on our Shopify shop as well. Um, a big, big thanks to everyone who's been part of the Zoom room. We're going to call the recording off in a second, but then feel free to sit around and be part of the Zoom room with us. That's the bonus you get for logging in live. Thank you again. Thanks, Nat. Thank you. Hey there, Cool Room listeners. We've got a little ad for you. No, we're not asking for money so that you can advertise quality mattresses, razors, or any of those other sort of things that seem to get advertised on podcasts. 
What we're looking for is other fun podcasts that would like to share a 30-second ad with our listeners, letting everyone know why they're so great, and in return, letting us share a 30-second ad for The Cool Room. We know that right now there's a whole lot of people who are looking for fun new podcasts to help them while away their isolation hours, so if you've got something to share, drop us a line via our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Right, ad over.